thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Oh, welcome to Unregimented. What number is this? It's in One... the hundreds. 160? No, we're, we're in the 160s, aren't we? We're not. Are we, are we in the 160s? I can't I keep track of no, it. Yeah, we crossed 160 last week. Between so this, this is and 161. The weeds, uh, you know, I know, right? In, in three digits. I don't, yeah, there's no way I can keep track. 161. Yeah. Hopefully we can make it to 200 before everything blows up. <laughs> right. Be, before Trump decides that there's too much anti-American talk on podcasts and he shuts the whole thing down. Yeah. Or, or the protesters just get us all killed. It's, it, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the philosophy of, you know, when you push people, they push back ten times as hard. Mm-hmm. And we got, a, we got a lot of that going on on both sides of the aisle well, we in the were, last We were just month. saying before we hit record that things are still really uh, disoriented in this country. And I'm curious, because you're out on the West Coast right now, and how, do, how does... It probably hasn't settled down at all where you're at. It probably seems accelerated. Like, uh, I don't know. You tell me. Well, I spent my time in uh, very red parts of Washington and Idaho this week. Oh, okay. So So, (laughs) I just immediately shit on your question. But I mean, the (laughs) so you're actually you're actually dealing with the the rebels in the area. But but now I'm but tonight I'm in Portland. But I mean, the protests have stopped. I mean, right. as far as I know, it's the, the white kids got bored and went home. But I just think we're not acclimating because we're not moving on. Like, we're, we're still in... Mm-hmm. I, I did see a meme the other day that pretty much said we're in the third stage of, uh, what was it, grief? Like, we're in the bargaining stage with right. the recounts? <laughs> yes, we are. Well, it is interesting because I agree with you that we're, we're not moving on. And it doesn't seem like either side is moving on. While no people people who voted for Hillary and are now proposing a recount in hopes in any hopes of actually having her as president aren't moving on, but Trump is doing something that's I've never seen a, a president do this before: go on a victory lap. Yeah, at this time, I, I did read an article earlier tonight from the AP too, talking about there seems to be two Trumps. Yeah. Since the election, there's the regular old crazy Trump that was on the campaign trail, and apparently, when you meet with him one on one, he's not an asshole. That's just what I've read. It seems to me that the Trump that we don't get presented to the media, but we still hear about, really reflects that one that we saw briefly on election night when he made that speech where he sounded totally sane and calm. <laughs> And I don't think he he's lied probably once. still in shock. He's like, "Oh shit, I won! I have to go make well, a speech." Well, no, at that point, I think, yeah, I would have said, "Well, you know, he just he doesn't know how to handle this. He wasn't necessarily prepared for that." But now it seems like there really is two different Trumps: the one that the the presidential one that talks to the important people behind closed doors, and the one who's still and probably will continue to be campaigning. It, he. Did you did you hear any of the footage from his uh, his speech in Ohio? 
No, I read about it. I read there were people chanting. There were still people chanting, lock her up. Yeah, and all I, that shit and build I caught that highlights wall. of it on NPR, and he starts off just sounding very gracious and earnest and speaking from his heart and saying things that I actually believed he that were, were true in the way that he felt. But he can't resist. <laughs> like, Yeah, I read keeps, he was talking of, you know, eventually it, it devolved into, you know, we won so big and all that shit. He kept saying landslide. Where does this landslide come from? This was not a landslide oh, in any definition. All the people who voted illegally, according to him on Twitter. Oh, right. It, <laughs> both sides want their cake and eat it too, right? They both he is want his to say own that. Source. The, the, that is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, but both of them keep going back and forth between. You know, what's great about this country is we have this process, and once the uh, the people decide, you know, then then that's it. That we, we move forward with that person as president, and we all do our best to support him to the whole thing's rigged in one way or another, whether it's Russia or alt-right hackers or illegal immigrants or whoever. So, hackers of machines that weren't hooked to the Internet? But, but well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Well, that, I mean, you're pointing out one group of, of uh, machines that, that weren't hooked up to the Internet. It's true. Well, yes, but I mean, it's one of the three, and if one is disqualified, I mean, that's it. Game over, right? Oh. She needs all three. But you, all right, all right I'm, I'm not going to have this argument again. <laughs> <laughs> like even Hillary's lawyers, like you, you notice Hillary is not involved in this. That story I sent you guys, even Hillary's lawyers are like, "Hey, we're going to participate." No fucking but shit. But there's no really. They're like, but there's not really a good shot. But sure, we'll, we'll, we'll sure. Why not? We'll participate. That's that's pretty much what the lawyer said. Yeah, no, it's a it's a long shot, and so much of a long shot. There's no there's no reason for well, we, again, we went all over this last week. There's no reason for Correct. Hillary to get involved. She has nothing to gain from poking her head up and, and speaking out about this issue. Well, he hasn't said anything about locking up Hillary since, and has even said that he has no inclination to. Uh, to bring up any charges against her, his his people his casual racism to her twenty sixteen his people hear what they want to hear they're still they're still shouting lock her up and they still yeah even he's do a, this. yeah even after he's already said he's not going to lock her up he said it would be a waste of time and money moving on right and again this is the two sides of Trump and when you have these two sides where you can say one thing to one side and another thing to another, then his supporters can just choose to believe that they can cherry pick what they want out of it. It's pretty much how pe most people treat the Bible. You know, you have different religions arguing over the same text and getting completely <laughs> different messages from it. Right? As you say, or in 2016, uh, facts. Yeah. yeah Science. Really yeah. That's up for debate, too. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It, so if Trump says, I have no inclination to prosecute her at this time, right? Most people listen, look at that and go, oh, he's obviously backing off of what was a ridiculous claim in the first place and something that he only said in order to get supporters from the far right. And the people on the right say, oh, listen to that language, though, at this time. 
Well, he's not inclined, but you know, his hand could be forced if you know the right facts came up. I think he's still going to do it, and they can still hold on, on to hope. I personally think the the former is true, but uh, again, it's the the moves that he's making now, even before he's president, are unprecedented. On top of the yeah. the, the victory lap. Um, this crazy deal with Carrier. I mean, if you're, if there are any libertarians out there who voted Trump just because they thought that it would at least be something outside of the of what we've had forever in this country, they've got to be flipping their wigs because <laughs> this is this is a move so outrageous that even Sarah Palin had to call him out on it. What is this move? I've seen stories about it all week. This is probably the one thing about him I didn't keep up with all week. Carrier is, it's a, uh, they make air conditioning units in Indiana, and they were talking about how they were going to, well, the, the reports vary. It, some say there was 1,000 jobs, some say there are 2,000 jobs that they plan to move to overseas, or not overseas manufacturing. I think they're actually going to go to Mexico. And I th- most likely because he was in Indiana, or maybe it was just because uh, it was placed in one of the battleground states, Trump kind of used this as his example of this is what's happening. Like right here in 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 middle in the in uh, the Midwest, we have hey, manufacturing that, that's, that's where the real president's from. Right, but uh, we have manufacturing that's leaving, and I intend to do something to keep it here. And now, before he's even president, he starts talking about what he plans to do with Carrier, because it sounds like Carrier is anxious to make this move, and may even do so before he actually steps into the presidency. So he, I mean, there's no record of it. All we know is that he contacted the company. I'm not even sure if we know who he talked to. Uh, I imagine the CEO or whatever... Whatever they have. Oh, hey, I think I'd like to speak to Mr. Carrier, please. Right. And works out a deal. Works out a deal where Carrier gets something and they keep their jobs here in the U.S. What, What the fuck is going on here? I mean, I was outraged actually when, even though it probably did the economy a lot of good. And an economy that now that Obama's leaving in, in what looks to be like really good shape, uh, if that deal with the, the big three in automotive in, in this state didn't happen, it probably would have been worse. But on principle, I was against it. This is just, I mean, the fact that just the concept that the president has the time to try and work out deals with you know, trying to save a thousand jobs here and there is absurd. Presidents talk all the time about how oh, I'm, we're going to create so many jobs and we're going to, I'm going to create X amount of jobs in this country. Well, you support manufacturing or industry in general. You, you keep, uh, you keep a good workforce. Jobs grow by themselves. A president can't really do anything to directly control, but Trump seems to think that he can directly do this that he can actually interfere i think rich is on rich are you oh there? there he is yeah trump trump is going to directly interfere with this company at a minute level like this that 
um, gives a well. Uh, what, I think it was Sanders. What did he say that it was a blueprint? Or he said he that Carrier just showed other corporations how to beat Donald Trump. That all you have to do now is say, "Boy, look at that cheap manufacturing over in Taiwan." Hmm. That looks pretty sweet. Well, guess it's time to move. And then Donald Trump's going to come rushing over with some kind of subsidy, some backroom deal, some whatever the fuck is going on. So but, the, the, the fucking government bribing corporations to keep their manufacturing in the U.S. It's you guys insane. cover how much it's going to cost basically per employee that stays no, well, I, no, we were just getting into it, but Rich, thanks for joining us. Um, I don't think, Chris, we didn't do our introductions, did we? No, but hey, hey I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And that's, yeah. And, and I'm Rich. There you go. Yeah, so what, what were you saying, Rich? That how much is going to cost per employee what? How much is it going to cost Carrier to keep these employees in the U.S.? How much is going to cost the... Um the government, the taxpayers, basically. Well, because I haven't seen any actual... From the last news report that I read on it, there was still no concrete information about what was offered to Carrier. So well, this was, this was going on... Um, uh, shit. It was on numbers that were being thrown around. I, can't, I cannot remember. Basically, it was... Best case scenario, it was going to be... If a thousand jobs were kept here in the states, yeah, um, and everything went through as they were talking about, it's going to be roughly about two hundred thousand per employee. Right, right, Be and it's Ooh. like, well, if that's the case, just give them a buyout. Well, two hundred thousand, you can you can go to a vocational school and get and get retrained. Well, Chris, is right, this just this is, a one time two hundred expenditure? Is that's this the thing. Who the year? fuck knows? Like when does this stop? It's not this one single deal and this little this relatively small amount of money in the short term. It's what kind of precedent this is set for the all the other companies in this nation. So he can march into the Midwest in 4 years and go, "Hey, I told you I was going to keep some jobs here, some jobs here, and right. I did." Right. But at what cost? Right. I don't know and, how they figure out these numbers. And literally what cost to taxpayers. But I imagine that you could take basically, you could look at their general business and go, well, what would make it worth their while? What, would, what kind of money and incentives would Carrier need to offset the savings that they're going to get on cheap labor in Mexico? Free Wi-Fi. So, yeah, I, I can imagine where they got that $200 million per or, I mean, two hundred million. Did I say two hundred thousand? Two hundred thousand per. Yeah, right. It's two hundred million per. Donald Trump be helping him move. Like, hey, <laughs> no, if there I was two hundred million trucks, per, I found you a nice. They warehouse. don't have cabinet opi- uh, yeah. <laughs> positions because while he didn't put it, he hasn't uh, given any positions to anyone in, oh, say, like tech industry. There's you know a lot of billionaires in in the tech industry. But he did give a a lot of positions, well, offered them to them, uh, a lot of Midwestern millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, it seems like uh, having a a seven-figure bank account 
get you a, a cabinet position in the Trump administration. Yeah. What's that? How's, how's the who song go? You know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. So, exactly. So the carrier deal, though. Um, yeah, Bernie Sanders said uh, that carrier just showed corporations how to beat Donald Trump. Sarah Palin said the deal is crony capitalism. And this is her quote. When government steps in arbitrarily with individual subsidies favoring one business over others, it sets inconsistent, unfair, illogical precedent. What is going on in this world? Sarah Palin, that is the most coherent thing I've ever seen that has come, that's come out of her mouth. And I am You made Sarah Palin make sense, Donald Trump. And what I, have you done? And you made me agree with Sarah Palin. The fuck is going <laughs> on here? I can never forgive you for that, Donald. We're on the same side now? I, 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 this is horrible to say, but I'm like uh, kind of wondering who wrote that qu- quote for her. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. Politicians have speechwriters. I, I think... That's what Sa- I'm saying. Who Sarah wrote that Palin's quote for? job, Sarah, Sarah Palin's uh, downfall was that she didn't read the speeches that were written for her, just never had them written. She thought that she was clever enough to speak off the cuff and not by a long shot. Oh, come on. She was good at delivering the O'Biden lines. The O'Biden lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you ever uh, read the book or see the, uh, the movie um, about her, the, the Republican Party, and how oh, they vetted, oh, yeah. vetted her and all yes, that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Game change. And she kept saying, oh, Biden, during the practice uh, <laughs> that's, debates. That's right. You're like, that, you're like it's, not, it's Biden. It's Biden, you're, not you're oh, Biden. You're talking about, uh, who was it? Was it Julian Moore? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That was the HBO film. Yeah. Oh, Biden. I'd probably <laughs> do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it? I saw it earlier today. Um, I don't know if it's official, though, but it was speculation that um, General Mathis is his nomination for Secretary of Defense. Well, that, that, that ain't no speculation. That's huh? a done. The beat? That's a done deal. Yeah, he announced, he announced it at Cincinnati, didn't he? At his little, his first victory party. And then one of the things he talked about, it kind of, it's, kind of pissed off his advisors according to the AP. See, I don't, well, you're not supposed to say that here. Yeah, well, I better get used to that. Um, this is the guy that, who, who told Trump that torture doesn't work, right? Mad Dog Mathis? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. That's what I, I read. Just, I was not... I can't... I confess I had no idea who he was before he was appointed, but in the stories that I read, made him seem quite reasonable, actually. Uh, I know he's a four-star Marine general. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the, the, the book Generation Kill about the recon Marines that were at the tip of the spear of the invasion of Iraq in 2003, he commanded that, that group. Is um, that the one they made the HBO show on? 
yeah, yeah, and uh, the book, yeah, the book and the and the miniseries. Um, of course, that's from the enlisted guy's point of view. So there's a not exactly a lot of love for command and their decisions because there was a lot of clusterfuck decisions. But I don't know if you could lay that squarely at his feet versus the information that we were dealing with while invading that country. You know, I mean, they had those guys out there in bio, you know, biochem suits because they thought there was going to be chemical warfare. And Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to lay that clusterfuck at the feet of any general involved in that war. Yeah, exactly. You can only do what you you can only do so much with the information you're given. The fucks clustered higher tubes. The the fucks clustered higher up the chain than just generals. Yeah, he bought some aluminum tubes, man. I know one of his quotes uh, was, "He doesn't have any children and all that because he's married to the core in his job." So. If that is a quote that is a legit quote, that is a that is a man who's de- who dedicated his life literally to the military and wanted no distractions. I didn't so, know he was gay. Well, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I do know that it, it, the article I read said that uh, if he ends up being Secretary of Defense, it'll be the first. Uh, was it general or yeah, first general? Or former general, however you want to look at it, uh, in like almost sixty years, it's been our secretary of defense. So I don't know why they threw that in the article. I don't know if that's supposed to. Well, I'm ignorant about this as well, but we generally have a higher rank. I would say. Right? I oh, mean, you there's. Get, like, didn't you, didn't it not get any higher than general? There's well, I, know, I, I mean, there's there's you can, there's, there's there's brigadier generals, major generals, lieutenant generals, four-star generals, and there's been five-star generals, but five-star generals are extremely, extremely, extremely rare. I think there's only okay. been like two or three in the entire history of the I'm military. And then I don't know my And then after four-star, it's the president, right? What? Yeah, right. except for, I think, I think, um, oh, shit. Now you're, you're asking me to really dig out my military history. I mean, I think, uh, uh there's been, been like literally question. two or three five-star generals. Right. Well, I don't... Then clarify that for me, then. You said this was the first general that we've had. What do we traditionally have, then? As opposed to what, I guess, is my question. Oh, I don't... Be honest Congressmen? With you, I don't, senators? I, because I thought when, when... In 2000, when Bush was elected, I really thought that it was going to be Colin Powell as Secretary of Defense, and he ended up being Secretary of State. And I thought that would be a slam dunk to have him as Secretary of Defense. But yeah, I whatever, think everyone thought that at the time, but in hindsight, he was much better as Secretary of State. His talents would have been wasted on Secretary of Defense, honestly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not like I said. I'm not sure why they threw that in the article. It was it was literally almost like an AP article that I read that uh, see here. the rumor was coming down that that he was uh, uh, picking him as his nominee. Anyways, Eisenhower was a five star general. To give you an idea, there's been Rumsfeld was the general. 
A five-star general? No, five-star generals are... Well, I just, no, I just said Rumsfeld wasn't a general, was, wasn't he? Rumsfeld? No, I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think Donald Rumsfeld... I don't believe he was... Hold on here. Um, I don't believe he was ever in the military. No, it says he, he made it to captain. In the, in the in the navy, okay. So <laughs> sounds like he 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 did a did a hitch like a lot of guys did back in the day. Went through ROTC, became an officer, made captain, and yeah, got out. Went into the <clears throat> private sector. You know, our, our last... Or it went into the government, excuse me. The last general was George Marshall in 1950. So, yeah, he was he was Ike's guy. Well, yeah, I found a list, but it doesn't, doesn't have any titles or anything to, attached to it. So, do you see what... what well, just to get their pictures, it's you. There's only two guys that got their pictures in their military uniform. But if we're talking it's about George Marshall and that this is exceptional in some way, I'm just curious what the fuck came in between. Well, who are all these people? I mean, I I know who some of these people are: Chuck Hagel, uh, fucking Robert Gates, uh, Rumsfeld. I don't remember William Cohn. No, I was in. I was doing. They're just politicians. I was doing you drugs look at, at that time. <laughs> Because you look at uh, the politicians. Because you, you, you don't usually Cheney see... Cheney was one. Cheney never did any military service. Right. Yeah, you're right. So you don't usually see high-ranking officers in this position. Yeah. Seems strange. Or people with any military experience in charge of the military. Hmm. Doesn't seem to make sense when you say that out loud. Right. Well... Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I'm only now finding out about him. Uh, how can you not like the name Mad Dog? And um, also, also it, nicknamed the Warrior Monk. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like? Is he like Wu Tang? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I thought that was Mad, Mads. Mad is ain't nothing to fuck with, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nicknamed the Warrior Monk because of his bachelor lifestyle and the fact he devoted his life to studying and fighting war. He is known for his intellectual rigor and puts he puts on his Marines and his belief in risk management. Uh, basically, yeah, that's like I said. Um, that was uh, it, it was it was never a quote I heard directed or attributed to anybody directly, but the the fact that yeah, he had he had basically never been married, never had kids, and dedicated his entire life to the Marine Corps, so. So more than four decades in the Marine Corps. It's a long no time. Four de- known as one of the most influential military leaders of his generation. I don't know, like, as, as Trump as president-elect, this is probably the sanest decision that he's made at this point. Give him time. I'm sure he'll do something insane really soon. 
Well, he did. Could be doing something insane right now. It, as if to completely overshadow the the, the fact that he, um, that he nominated somebody who who wasn't some millionaire that probably gave money to his campaign or, you know, he has some business dealings with that he owes him some kind of favor. He does another unprecedented thing. Uh, He contacts the Taiwanese president. Did you guys hear about this one? This story just came out today, uh, Friday, as we're recording this. If you, I, I don't know. Do you guys know the story of Taiwan? No. What's what's the big deal that he called Taiwan? Well, Taiwan is separate from China, or at least had, uh, I believe, voted to separate itself from China, and China was like, ah, "That's not really how this works." Uh, this was ooh, like around. I mean, I was. I don't even know if I was born when this started. This was 70s. And uh, so ever since, China has considered Taiwan a republic, and Taiwan has considered itself um, uh, a sovereign country. And there's been tensions ever since. Uh in order to continue to do business at a time in the late seventies, when we were just really starting to heavily import, uh, uh, all sorts of products from the East, uh, automobiles and transistor radios and televisions, all of our electronic items were being made super cheaply over there. And this shit goes down in Taiwan. Um, I think that probably had a lot to do with it. They wanted their own manufacturing that wouldn't be controlled by the Chinese government. And and so when the shit goes down with Taiwan around the same time, China was like, okay, uh, well, we say you are a providence of China, and we're also going to tell America that you're to be considered a providence of China, and they should limit their business dealings with you, or else we're going to limit our exports to the U.S., so in order to continue to do what was looking to be uh, what what uh, would be a very long and fruitful relationship where China ends up owning half of our country, uh, we decided to stop dealing with Taiwan in the in the respect of actually treating it as a sovereign country. No president since this accord was reached with China, no president has spoken to any Taiwanese president. And the fact that Donald Trump has done this now and basically is saying he's legitimizing this government in the eyes of China, which they're going to find greatly offensive. And who knows where that's going to leave us in any trade deal with China which, like it or not, we fucking need. We need as free and open trade with especially China and the rest of the East, but really the whole world. So th- Maybe he's calling them to tell them he's, hey, I'm coming to shut you down, Taiwan. You're on no. my list. 
he had he congratulated the or the president congratulated him i guess she had a, a fairly recent victory they, they were just jerking each other off over the phone i guess interesting thing taiwan has a female president just throwing that out there i know right just one of the other countries that has managed to beat us to uh, having actual female leaders, but welcome to America, dicks only. I don't know. I, I, I know I I'm, laying, I'm laying this all on you now, but I guess this is another thing I'm outraged by because this is what I said was going to happen. That he was going to whatever the fuck he did was going to be disastrous to trade first. So. And first and foremost, and before he even steps into office, he manages to start fucking things up. Well, Chris, <clears throat> Chris brought up a point a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when we were talking about Trump, and it, you know, Trump seems like for whatever reason he's more comfortable trying to rub elbows or cozy up with Russia rather than China, and he almost. And then Chris brought up, well, you know, people on the right have been saying the opposite about Obama for the last eight years. Right. <clears throat> and now it seems like he's almost, I'm not going to say waving his dick in their face, but daring them. I mean, I get, you know, I, what's, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how to take him as far as foreign policy, because if his foreign policy is Half as crude as his, is his domestic. We we are going to be yeah we're we're in for four years of oh shit let's just hope we don't piss off the wrong people too much and then how many ever years of begging forgiveness to fucking basically get us out of the hot seat in the doghouse with whatever he did to put us there. Mm-hmm. Well, China's foreign minister has weighed in on the subject. It's from the AP, like, 15 minutes ago. Uh, It says, he hopes uh, Beijing's relations with the U.S. won't be interfered with or damaged. After President-elect Donald Trump broke with the decades-long diplomatic tradition and spoke directly with the Taiwan leader. Yeah. You know what that means to Uh, me? That's basically saying... um, negotiations for whatever happens next between our countries is going to be very rough for America. And unless they really kowtow and, or is that like a, is that a native American term? Kowtow? Unless, well, unless they really, referred to as un, one. unless they really apologize profusely for calling the Taiwanese president and just acknowledging that she fucking exists. We're well, hold on. We're not going to be able to move forward and do business. Let, let the gentleman finish. Yes. Uh, it, uh, he says uh, that he believes the call between Taiwan's president and Trump was just a small trick by Taiwan. He said he thought it would not change the longstanding U.S. policy toward China. Wang says the so-called one-China policy is the cornerstone of U.S.-China relations and that Beijing hoped the foundation would not be interfered with or damaged. But I'm still wondering what his end game is here. Like Trump has been dissing China and buddying up with first Russia, now uh, Pakistan. He seems to be gushing over, and 
Taiwan. You know, it's Pakistan's full of Muslims, right? Right. <laughs> Watch his head explode when he realizes that. I mean, I, <laughs> well, I think that's, my, my that's head's what I'm exploding saying. right I, now. I, that's what I'm saying. I can't, I can't comment on this because I don't know where this is going. I mean, this is... We're all just speculating, but yeah. I, he, this doesn't make a whole puzzling. lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. The only thing I can figure out is that he thinks that he's going to be able to scrap some deal with China. And and this is probably, I'm guessing this is how he, he does it in his own personal businesses. He If he feels like he's getting screwed by somebody, he goes, okay, well, you know what? I got options. Right? We don't have to have everything made here. We can have it made in Taiwan. We can have it made in Pakistan. We can have it made in Russia even. And he's going to strike some really nice deals with them, start cutting off China, and then China's going to come back begging. Going, oh, wait a minute. We want to be part of all this thing that you guys got going on here. And then Trump will then have control over the negotiations with China. That's my theory on it. First, you're going to take me out and buy me a nice steak dinner. Next, you're going to give me head slowly. Right. <laughs> it's just, and maybe then I'll think of reviving our trade it's relations. It's insane. Like, again, global trade is just, it's good for all countries. And the fact that, I don't know, the, the fact that Trump thinks that we're getting screwed with China, to me, is just ridiculous. That he thinks that the uh, the TPP that basically, I mean, he looks at it like we're giving away money because we're not going to be uh, imposing all these tariffs on all these imports. Well, what does, okay. Well, it's kind of right in that respect. What does China really buy from us? I mean, honestly. We have, we have that, exports. That, that we produce. Besides, like, guitars culture. and cars, man. Yeah, cars. Apparently, GM's huge in China. Yeah. That's, well, I guess it's not so shocking, but. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't think, I can't think of, like, any group of products that is just like, oh, wow, the Chinese just can't get enough of it outside of, like, Hollywood yeah. movies and our pop culture and entertainment. You know, we, we export our money, our property, and debt. That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's what like, the fuck it, we export as a country. We're just you know, like, here's a, here's a deal for you, China. You give us all your shit, we'll give you all our money. And when we can't afford that, we'll give you some of our property to hold on to. Yeah, we're going to give you land, which no one's making any more of. I, I, I don't know. I mean, not only is nobody making any more of, but we're actually losing. <laughs> we're losing dry land in this world, not quickly, but it is happening. It's not. It's definitely not a growing uh, commodity in the world. I've just seen a lot of nonsense, I guess, in the last week, you know, in, in the media. And I'm just going, okay, 
you know, as far as, you know, oh, well, he you know, Trump wants to throw people in jail for a year who burn flags, and he's going on a victory tour of the states he won. And, well, you can go ahead and do the recount, because I won the popular vote if you take away all the illegal votes anyways. And then now they want to block the recount. There's no proof of. Uh, You know, and it's just like... And then I just, I still hear the same things I've heard since the night of the election, which is people who really oppose him, you know, screaming the sky has fallen and that everybody that's not a a straight white Christian male is going to be thrown into concentration camps. And I'm just going, there's really nothing to talk about until something of, of substance happens. Because right now, all he's doing is the same shit he did on the, on the, fucking campaign trail he's saying a bunch of shit that's just there's no way it's gonna fucking happen the wall we've already has pretty much everybody understood do you think that that ain't going to happen period that there's not going to be a 20 foot wall built along the US Mexican border no matter what oh he might patch up the fence a little bit Mm -hmm. well that's about it like anybody is (laughs) Is gonna go check anyway. Like, all they got to do is is build a twenty foot section on a sound studio or on a stage somewhere, and they'll just digitally reproduce it and make it look like it extends for miles, and then you know have a picture of him in front of it with a thumbs up. Exactly. No, I meant I was going to listen to the wall, not build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last person I want listening to the lyrics, "Mother, do you think I should drop the bomb?" or the dro- they'll drop the bomb is 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 Donald Trump. I mean, seriously, come on. That's just that's a scary thought. Him on acid, trying to trying to take in the meaning behind that album. I, I'm just like, oh boy, <laughs> we're gonna be living in Mad Max world in about uh, time he gets halfway through side two. <laughs> he, he trips out on acid, listens to the whole album, and shaves his head and those crazy eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. And he comes out and he's he's literally, you know, get, he looks like a queer. Get him up against the wall. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. He gets the exact opposite message from it. <laughs> By the way, Mad Max World sounds like the worst amusement park ever. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I'm just, I, I mean, I don't know. It's To me, it's unfortunate that, or it's not unfortunate, but we're in, in an unfortunate holding pattern because it's just, like you said, Aaron, it's all speculation at this point. Well, I mean, I mean, you, there, you, I, do, I do think that when it comes to the issue of flag burning, like, do we really have to have the stupid conversation anymore? The Supreme Court already ruled that it was constantly constitutionally protected by the first amendment right it, this is it, just Trump, it's such a Trump's not going to get issue in, right it, it, nothing's going to change on this issue other than people bringing it up again and so yeah that his stupid tweet about people should have their citizenry uh, citizenship removed or spend time in jail it's never going to happen there's no precedent for it that you what under what circumstances has this country ever removed anyone's uh, uh, legal status 
that was born here? You know what it is? It's a distraction from the real issues. It's something for right. people who want to be outraged to be outraged about. And it's 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 just bullshit. It's right. Uh, Chris will understand where I'm coming from with this. It's the same thing as Colin Kaepernick, Ka- Kaepernick, Kaepernick. kneeling during the national anthem. Yes. It's something for simple-minded assholes to bring up when they got nothing else to throw against the wall. They just obsess Ooh. on it. They just obsess on it. And it's like, just shut the fuck up. If that is the biggest problem this country has, which it isn't, by the way, but in your opinion, if it is, we're doing a lot fucking better than anyone's given us credit for. I'm sorry. I, it's I just agree. stupid. And I mean, it's it's to me, it feels like the gay marriage issue in 2004 that came out before the election. It seems like something to get people out, get them pissed off enough to go to the polls who otherwise wouldn't have voted. Right. It's just more red meat for his base. And the whole reason why he's going on this victory lap in the first place. I I think he's realizing that if he doesn't, if he doesn't get out there and keep stirring up the shit, it's not going to stay stirred. It's going to settle down left to its own devices because let's face it. The base is that he has uh, accumulated during his run up to uh, his win is somebody that <clears throat> is somebody that is uh, the majority of these people have stayed dormant in recent years because they felt like they weren't nobody was talking directly to them right and I think that they are going to need the constant stroking and encouragement and making it feel like you know I'm still doing this I'm still I'm still uh, you know carrying out this mandate that I got in this landslide election. If he lets his foot off the, off the gas, even a little bit, he's going to, these people aren't going to turn out for him in four years. Yeah. He's got to stir the pot. Keep keep the purple States red. You don't want to, you don't want them turning back blue. Right. Yeah. That's, that's perfect analogy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm. I don't know if I'm convinced he's going to last the four years, anyways. What? Well, at the rate that he's going, if he actually tries to push forward on some of the ridiculous things that he's saying, which, I mean, again, there's certain ridiculous things that we can just laugh off, but we also <laughs> have no fucking idea. What could possibly happen? Because we never thought this could possibly happen. It's so, the world's worst reality show now called the United States. You got 300 <laughs> fucking 20 million people on the edge of their seats every day wondering what the fuck's going to happen. Well, I I'm mean, tune in next week. He's, he's not. Same bad even, shit time. He's not even slightly competent at the political game. And if he tries to run. And and wait, who? It? Trump. And if he, and if he's not even slightly competent at, at playing the political game, and he cannot run, no matter what he wants, no matter what he says, no matter what he wants, no matter what his supporters think, he cannot run 
from the oval the US from the oval office like it's a fucking business. He can't fire people in the military that disagree with him. He can't just restructure right. you know parts of the government that he's that pisses him off like he could if he was a, a head of a company. It would be nice if he had at least a 10th graders understanding of how our political system works. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's going to last the four years because, one, I just keep flashing back to when he went to the White House, and after his meeting with Obama and stuff, and he's just sitting there with that deer in headlights looks. That is the I've, you, you've never seen that look on his face at any point in his public persona and his public life before that. That just well, proves he, to me he walked into a situation and he was like, oh, shit, I have no idea what's going on in here. Well, he did just see the Kennedy assassination from an angle no one's ever seen it before. <laughs> he was probably a little shocked. Maybe he met the aliens that night. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, something that the media has really glossed over is the fact that Obama actually spent more time with him than was allotted from his own schedule, mm-hmm. to try to ease him into, you know, hey, look, here's the deal. This is what being president entails, and you have to get this through your head. You can't just walk in here and go, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, and put in whoever you want. It doesn't work that way. This isn't a TV show. This isn't one of your companies. That is not how our, our system works. On top of that, I mean, he, he he doesn't seem to understand that he is the president-elect. He just gave up his right to privacy for the next four years. He tries to go out to dinner and ditch the press corps. Now, do you think that made any friends with, with the White House press corps? Well, he doesn't give a fuck, though. He's, yeah, no, still, those, he's it, still considering the press an enemy. That's yeah, these fine. are the people that just torched him for two years. He don't give a shit about them. That's fine. The problem is, is that he's when once he actually is president, he can't disappear for two hours to go eat steak dinner. Well, he can't do that. He he has to be accounted for twenty four seven because he, oh, he his life is no longer his. It is the American people's life. That's who he owes his right, life you're, to. You're, you're talking years. about him ditching the Secret Service. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking about him trying to trying to ditch everybody because. I want to have some private time. The only time you're going to have private time is if you want to go jack off in the bathroom there, fucking hairpiece. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. If you wanted the <laughs> job, you got it. Enjoy your morning dumps every morning, Donald, because that's the only private time you get. Exactly. For the next you're, four like, years. you're like Kevin Spacey in the beginning of, of American Beauty. You better jerk off in the shower because that's the, that's the highlight of your fucking day. Well, this base that he's energized. Uh, it seems like they, I feel like they can accomplish anything at this point. And I've seen, well, I think we mentioned last week the, um, the, what, shit, brain fart, what's the word? Not protest. Uh, if you're saying that you shouldn't uh, do business with a certain company because of their beliefs. Boycott. Boycott, thank you. God damn it. The boycott of Target, uh, we talked about last week, or at least mentioned. This week it was Kellogg. Yes, because they pulled their they pulled their advertising from Breitbart. Right, because 
yeah, they, there were articles on Breitbart that they didn't feel like they, they didn't want to be associated with. So it was just totally their right. I mean, I don't, what I don't understand why the response was, okay, that's fine. Uh, who needs you? But instead, oh, everyone's got to, everyone's got to protest uh, and boycott Kellogg products. Nobody eat any pop tarts or cornflakes anymore. Everyone change your morning routine because they pulled their advertising dollars out of Breitbart. So like, what? Like it's fucking cereal. Like maybe it wasn't because they thought. Maybe it wasn't because of uh, how they uh, saw Breitbart's political alignment. Maybe it was just because it was political in general. And they and like most companies, they just want to be neutral. Yeah, I'm sorry. You could point, argue that. Does it say ever in the history of our country that if you own a company, you are entitled to have and have the right to have advertisers, no matter what you say? Because I don't remember that ever being taught in any school I went to. I mean, if you're a private company and you have advertisers and you say something, like case in point, if we had advertisers and because of content of our shows, an advertiser was like, I don't agree with what you're saying. I don't want to be associated with it. Yeah. Like you said, the, the only thing we, we do is go, have a nice one, take it easy. We already had the NFL shop do that with Sporty. Exactly. And the guy told me, he said he didn't want to get an email from Roger Goodell going, what the hell are we associated with here? Right. And what do you really accomplish? I mean, maybe you get uh, a hard, uh, a few, relatively speaking, uh, and looking at the greater population, you get a few people who are hardcore supporters and are like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to eat honeycombs. It's post-cereal from now on. That's the white man's cereal. Fuck this Kellogg bullshit. It's the best cereal. But you'll probably have ten times as many liberals on each coast Stocking up on Kellogg's products Kellogg. is to say "fuck you." Yeah, hey, so you could argue that you know Kellogg- I've got a spare bedroom that I haven't used in forever, and I've got a couple grand just sitting in an account. I'm going to go crazy and buy as many fucking Kellogg products <laughs> as, as possible and give them out to the fucking homeless. Yeah, you can argue that Kellogg said, "Hey, people who read and listen and do anything associated with Breitbart, we don't want your money. Peace." Right, but no, but now you can't support them. You know, it's akin to, uh, I don't know, calling it calling French fries freedom fries. It's something that means absolutely nothing, but it feels like you're doing something to support your nation and the quote unquote cause. I just picture Ralph Wiggum going, "I'm helping." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can everybody on both like sides? <laughs> Can everybody on both sides stop telling everybody what to do? That's been like the real annoying byproduct of the last month. Yeah, because in the middle... Just when you, you thought have... we couldn't get any more pious and self-righteous, we have gone to 11. <laughs> I mean, for the people in the middle, they're not going to change their breakfast routine. I mean, maybe they'll buy the off-brand. Say, well, I can still have cornflakes. I'll just buy the one that comes in the bag instead. And they'll eat that and go... This fucking sucks. I want my old, <laughs> I want my old cornflakes back. Libertarians just going to be fucking 
buying out Malto meal all like, across the country. This is like saying uh, boycott all coffee because we don't like Colombia. We don't like what they're doing over there. So nobody drink coffee in this country anymore. We're all protesting it. Looks well, like what Snoop said. There should be an economic boycott of every state that voted for Trump. Really, Snoop? Well, yeah, come on. So you're going to send that 999 back to that chick in Alaska who just downloaded right. your, or hey. Nebraska who just downloaded your CD? No. Right. Shut up. It, yeah, if you if you don't want to tour to if you don't want to play shows in states that voted for Trump, that's your right. And you know, bless you. You're welcome to it. But I don't really I don't think it's going to change its tour schedule that much overall. And your business manager and accountant also disagree with that decision and go, (laughs) no, Snoop, you smoke a lot of weed. You got to play that show. (laughs) Right. But I don't know. Uh, I guess what it makes me think of is (laughs) we're all insane. No, it makes me think of. Okay, so recently, you know, I watch all these superhero shows on the CW, and they have this big crossover. And in the dramatic part of one of the final episodes, there's these there's these aliens that are invading, and they're escaping from the ship. Or no, that, it's not a ship. It's actually a, a government bunker, and they're that they're escaping from, and they know or and can hear that one of the aliens that has invaded the earth is being tortured in the other room and most of the characters are like good fuck them they invaded us and one of them and but this was somebody that they were initially trying to reach out to it was the only alien that had tried to communicate with the humans and so one of them says you know no fuck that this guy we tried to reach out to him we kind of got him in this situation we're going to do our best to save him. He said, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was basically, we have to show them that uh, that we're better than them. Right? Oh, none of and, that is going to happen. Right. It's, I mean... That, that ship failed on November 9th. To... And I guess what I'm... What it may, why I bring that up and what it makes me think about is that, yes, there... You know, there's a lot of things going on that are making a lot of people angry. And their response is to fire back with the same anger, which feels good, but gets nobody anywhere. And really, if you're (laughs) the only thing that you can really do to fight anything is by choosing your actions, not your words, but your actions. If you don't like racism in this country, then you personally go out of your way to not be racist and to accept people and to not prejudge them. You you don't get anywhere by lobbing insults at the people that you find racist. Nobody reads a tweet and goes, wow, that really changed my mind. Uh, up to the point, too, with a lot of these people. The, the with, smartest thing I ever heard Jesus Christ say was, was the shit about turning the other cheek. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if they want to lob shit our way, just fucking smile and take it because you know that they're wrong. Yep. 
It doesn't mean but, it doesn't mean that you're rolling over and you're letting these people uh, make all the rules for the country that you live in. But when you feel like you have to, it has to be tit for tat every step of the way. Every time somebody fires one uh, uh, around one way, it has to be responded with from the other side. It's just yeah, it's going to be a long four years. It really it's is like a fight to see who can be more petty than the, than the person before them. Right. It just it's it's unfortunately a byproduct of years and years and years of we don't like something, we're going to speak out on it. And then, okay, well, we've been the, the silent quote-unquote majority, so we're going to speak out on what we don't like. Well, then the response to that is, okay, well, now you're victimizing us. And the response to that is, well, now you're victimizing us because you're oppressing our opinion. Right. And so now we have the, the victimhood Olympics and the, hashtag the, activism. The right's using the feelings argument back on the left, and they're not liking it. <laughs> It's, I know, it's, right? Yeah, it it, it, it is. It really I mean, it just seems like, you know what this is? It's like the Batman versus the Joker. It's like this eternal struggle where you don't realize, you made each other, and you need each other. <laughs> You're more alike than you realize. That's the quickest way. The quickest way to piss off people, for me to piss off people who are hardcore Trump supporters or hardcore anti-Trump is to point out exactly how much exactly they are alike in a lot of ways. And boy, does that make their fucking, oh man, that, 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 that gets their panties in a bunch every time. It never fails. And all, and all I can do is you're just proving my point with nonsense. I mean, Flip sides of the same coin is all it is. It's all it is. You just you, your your ideals are from the left and your ideals are from the right, but your methods are exactly the same to try to force your ideals on the other party. And meanwhile, the real silent majority is the people in the middle who are going, "Oh my God, would you both shut up and can we please start moving this country forward in some way?" Yeah, I've I've found in the last month I have typed this phrase when I've got into it with people on Facebook more than the last month than ever is just because you don't like something doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Like we have just completely that is out the window since November 9th. I don't understand it. What the fuck is going on? And I feel like that's, uh, that's probably a similar phrase that was used in the birth of this nation. You know, like just because you don't believe in a certain God or any god, or are, are have any certain affiliation, shouldn't mean that uh, other people get to do, decide what's right or wrong for you. <clears throat> well, it's it's to me. I think the election of Trump has proven that your theory. And I mean, it's you know, that Aaron, that you've said multiple times yeah. on this podcast that we tend to seesaw back and forth every eight years, give or take. Right. Yeah. Is 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 is, is accurate, but it's also 
and I don't know exactly when it started. I, it, maybe it was in response to the whole Clinton presidency, because the hatred for Clinton was, I mean, it was visceral from the right. And then Bush was elected, and you know, we, we know how that went. Well, I think, and then Obama just they doubled down, you know, and now Trump. I mean, it's like being fact free on this and not being able to, you know, look at actual. Uh, alliances throughout the presidency i do believe that it's always tended to shift back and forth it's just that it's increasing in frequency right and man when we went back to white guy boy did we go back to white guy good god what was right corolla say it's like it's like three white guys stuffed into one white guy Right. It not only is going back and forth at a higher rate, but it is swinging further to the left and right. So is Tyler Perry going to be the president after Trump? Like, are we just going to keep going back more and more extremes? I, I don't think that's... that's well, Tyler no, Perry Bernie's isn't next, extreme enough. If Kanye you know, gets Bernie's his shit together... <laughs> oh, I don't think Bernie or Kanye are extreme enough. I think we have to go like Bernie might not be alive. Well, yeah, there's, what's RuPaul there's doing? That. <laughs> RuPaul, <laughs> no, Caitlyn Jenner, thinking, 2020. I'm thinking. Oh, Chuck Caitlyn's D. a Trump supporter. No, I'm thinking oh, Chuck true. Chuck D, 2020. Oh shit! KRS One, 2020. Like, it's just, <laughs> like it's just because I just don't see like if if the if it's instead of an equal and opposite reaction. It's let's let's overreact to the other side. Then I mean, progressive isn't so-called progressive isn't even going to cover it. I mean, we're going to have to find a a transracial, transgendered uh, immigrant who's a Muslim, binary. Uh, you know, non-binary, gender, like all this shit, just in, res in response to Trump and President Maddow. Right. I, uh, we don't. We don't know how much longer. Uh, when the next time we're going to get so, uh, a liberal candidate in the office? So we have to make as much history as possible this time around. <laughs> it, well, and I mean, it's it's. I mean, we're joking, obviously. I mean, who knows at this point? I mean, if four years ago we'd have been, if we were talking, we'd, if we were going, oh, like President Trump, <laughs> we'd have been laughing our asses off. If we were doing that the year and a half ago. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, four years ago, you know, after his little, I want to see the birth certificate and all that shit when the and when the seeds were planted and it. What was it? The uh, correspondence dinner where Obama got up there and roasted him on the idea of being president bill burr pointed this out yeah. he's like he's like that's where he set it off yeah <laughs> he's like that's what started this shit he goes and he won he won bill burr goes so anytime you can't really talk shit he's because because trump is the ultimate petty motherfucker because you're gonna go oh well yeah i i, I uh, changed my network's uh, netflix password now my ex can't use netflix for free and he's gonna go oh really yeah the president said i couldn't do his job so i took it from him four years later yeah he said you can't you can you can no longer talk shit to donald trump anymore well, and it's kind of true 
I mean, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I saw a great meme the other day where Trump is looking confused at something on his laptop in an office somewhere. And Kellyanne Conway is like leaned over pointing at it. And it had a little dialogue captions for each one. And she's saying, no, see, it's a... It, it's a joke letter saying that it from it's a joke letter from Biden to Obama saying that he's going to refuse to give you meaning Trump the uh, the password for the Wi-Fi at the White House. You know, just, She's explaining the Biden memes to him. Right. And, and, and he's going, but I have to. He goes, but he has to. I won. And she's like. No, but it's a... And before she could even finish, he's like, I won! <laughs> like, screaming. <laughs> uh, those yeah. have been my favorite part. The Biden memes? Yes, those are hilarious. <laughs> I don't... I must have... Uh, let's see here. I haven't seen... Usually this stuff would pop up on Twitter, but I haven't seen any Biden memes. Not many. Let's see if I can find an example of what you're talking about here. Oh, there's fucking oh, tons jo of them. Joe, I hit all the pens from Trump, Obama. Why? <laughs> Joe, because he's bringing his own. His own pence, yeah. <laughs> huh? He's bringing his own pence. <laughs> and that has, like, Obama burying his head in his hands like he just heard a horrible joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's literally thousands of them I've seen. I mean, they're just... <laughs> right in the State of uh, Union. Obama, so I'll say the State of Union is Biden on fleek. Say it's on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, one, the one that I liked, uh, it was before the, before the election, but um, uh, it was the same picture of Biden sitting there and Obama's got his head in his hands. Right. And it just says, you know, Obama saying to him, he goes, "No, Joe, we're not going to hop on the one and two and do it and do a, a fire disc tape against Donald." It's just, <laughs> it's just Biden. The same photo. He's saying, "Look, dog. All I'm saying is that if we dose everything in the pantry with crystal and LSD before he gets here." then this shit's bound to sort itself out, yo. <laughs> I love it how all these memes, Biden is like this, this gangster. That's what I love the most. <laughs> By the way, did you guys see the picture of Biden when he was like in his 20s or early 30s? He's like wearing... Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so a buddy of mine posted it, and he was like, can you believe this is Joe Biden in his... Like, you know, younger days. And he, like I said, he looks to be in his late 20s, early 30s. And I come back, I was like, Jesus, Joe must have got more ass in the toilet seat back then. And, dude, all his female friends are like, that's what Biden looked like when he was younger? Well, fuck Bill Clinton. How come he wasn't out there crushing the ass and getting pussy and this and that? And I'm just like... I'm sure he was. I, I'm just like, uh, did the Democrats really fuck up by not running at least, just at least letting him dip his toe into the <laughs> into the water of the presidential candidacy here? Let's see. I mean, just a picture of Biden. It says, Uncle Joe, 64, single, never married, hugs too long, not alone, not allowed <laughs> alone with kids, calls ornaments <laughs> balls on purpose. I'll be avoiding this guy like the plague this holiday season. Maybe this is from last year. 
He's, I can't believe anybody's like mad at him. At what, the Biden memes? No, at, at Biden in general. I just... <laughs> what I what know has he that, done to be mad at? <laughs> right. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, How could... Yeah. We've it's probably not, seen him more in the memes than we've seen him in the last eight years. Right. It's, exactly. it's not Joe like... Bi- Joe Biden is now cool because of memes. He was never going to be cool because of being a politician. Right. He didn't have some kind of pet cause that should enrage you in some way, like the environment or abortion or something like that. Oh, I'm trying to think what they... Uh, Biden's cool, man. Biden hangs out with anyone. I can hang. I'm trying to think what they they they, they tried to go after him for. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was uh, during the all the the... Clinton's dick uh, bullshit, he kind of, I'm not going to say it was an attack dog against one of the accusers, but basically was like, okay, you're saying this and this, and the facts are saying this, and this, you're saying, so basically what you're claiming is two and two equals five, and it's not adding up, and so they tried to throw that he's like some sort of sexist out there, and that didn't stick, obviously, on him, so... Uh, he's just there. <laughs> what is there to hate about Joe Biden? <laughs> oh, that's it. He's a weird uncle. He's harmless. <laughs> Did he you guys it. hear about the uh, the banning of books there in Virginia? I was going to ask if you heard about the banning of smoking in the projects. But well, that too. You first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird and... Huck Finn. Oh, God, and we a, a, really? A Virginia, a Virginia um, school have to been taken out of out of circulation. It, I know exactly. We know exactly why, right? Oh yeah, of course. Because and it will. You, because if you get rid of all the copies of uh, Huck Finn, it will retroactively go back in time and stop slavery. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's apparently. A mother of a biracial student. Um, he was apparently didn't read when she was in school. He was upset by the the use of the word nigger in those books, even though I'm I I, I haven't read Huck Finn since grade school. But to uh, Kill a Mockingbird. It's just I weird to see it in print on a book. Usually, he only sees it on 4chan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know? or, or or some meme. You right. know what I'm saying. Uh, Wait a minute! Yes, he, I, he thought, was, I thought this was, was a word that we made up. <laughs> you mean this word's hundred years old? So yeah, apparently, despite the fact that I'm 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 guaranteed, I know for a fact that that To Kill a Mockingbird, any use of the word, it's not glorifying the word. To Kill a Mockingbird is the ultimate story of tolerance. Thank you, thank you. I went to fucking Catholic school. They made us read it in eighth grade. Um, like I said, I haven't read Huck Finn it's, since I, I mean, was. We can make it even school. more tolerant by going back and making Boo Bradley white. But yeah, so that is now uh, that is where we're at. Now we have um, we're back to that. We're back to uh, the right wants to take your citizenship and fine you and throw you in prison for a year for burning the flag. 
and the left wants to ban books because yeah. words hurt yeah. their feelings. Li- liberals. Sticks and, stones, liberals. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words hurt forever. I've had a thought over the last couple weeks, more and more, and it's something that you said uh, in our Facebook chat a few months ago. I don't know if I'm built to live in the world that's coming, especially especially the last month. Uh, like Nobody is. Uh, You're not supposed to be. That's why you get old and die and leave it to people who can, uh, who have to actually deal with it going forward. I, mean, I guess so. Change. We're all Good being left behind. It's your mess. You clean it up. Yeah. Well, but no. To it, me, it, it's it, outrageous how we're hearing from liberals about banning books. Like my writing half to, over. It used to be conservatives that were like, I mean, they didn't have have any problem with uh, your Huck Finns and whatnot, but it was usually uh, sexually explicit uh, content or something like that. No, they, they were, they were the bitching about the catcher, they were bitching about uh, Catcher in the Rye holding the, the call field with the hookers and shit. Right, beating himself off while he spritz himself with water. Or no, that was the couple across the way that he's watching. They yeah, I remember. Sprit- was he spritzing himself with water, or was the couple that he was watching spritzing himself with water? <laughs> Somebody was doing it. It's been a long time I, since I read it. Yeah, I remember quite. Uh, oh shit! Flowers for Algernon. Of yeah, all fucking books. This the party scene where there he slipped LSD and. Oh boy, you know this was ninety, ninety, eighty nine when I was in school, and and we had to read it. And some parent got wind of that, and oh boy, all hell broke loose. And oh, you've really experienced this in your own school, huh? Mm-hmm. I believe we had a oh, similar yeah. kind of uh, kerfuffle, and, but I don't remember over what. And the uh, the um, what school was I at that point? Hold I know so I had Bologna to have... school district basically said, um, "Yeah, we don't really give a fuck about your opinion. If you don't <laughs> want your kid to read the book, that's fine. They can right. take an F. Have a good day." Yeah, we're not going to make a special exception. We're not going to give them another book to read. This is the this is the assignment. If they don't want to do the assignment, they can take an F on this on this book report, and they better have good grades enough to make it up if they want to keep a high GPA. That, that person would be removed from the administration <laughs> yes. immediately. Yeah, that I person would have never said that these days. Yeah, right. yeah. That that's hate speech. I can't believe mm. they got they got away with that kind of hate speech back in the day. You know, force my child to read this book that hurts his feelings. Guys, when did the when did the uh, Clarence Thomas? Why does George Peter- Carlin have to be dead right now? When did the when did the uh, because it would have killed him. When did the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill thing happen? What ninety one was? Yeah, was they they had the confirmation hearings and seems like it. Was I had t- ninety. Or was it ninety two? Didn't no, it was it was ninety one. It was before Clinton. Oh wow! Because he yeah. was he was Bush's yeah. nomination, right? Um, they I and I was in high school and um. I had a teacher. I cannot. It was either social studies or it might. I don't know. It might have been my government teacher. Anyways, she rolled in a TV and we watched the hearings. Pubic hair on the coke, long dong, silver, and all, and no trigger warnings were given. No one. You had. You had. You know. You had the typical fucking idiots to sit at the back of the class that you know they're going to be serving you. You know. 
fries for the rest of their fucking life. <laughs> long Dong Silver. Hey, man, I was in sixth times. grade. Long Dong Silver got a good month. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good month run on the playground in sixth grade. With that. Sixth grade, I'm talking about I was in ninth. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at that point, okay, you get a chuckle out of it and you move on. But that's what I'm getting at. There was... I, I, I can't imagine that happening. We have to protect our children nowadays. We have to protect our children from this. But I, there would have to be a safe space for the kids children, to go to afterwards. When I, was in grade school, this stuff. when I was in grade school, the I remember my teacher wheeling in a television for us to watch footage of um, the Challenger exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this here. wasn't even like, oh, we were watching the footage because it was a, a space shuttle launch. It was, holy shit, the Challenger exploded. Here, this is history. Watch it. Yeah. This is what uh, the fuck is going on in the world. And and that's another thing that, I mean, to expose kids to that would be unthinkable. You know, you know what another ridiculous thing I heard this week? Tony Blair's wife. Remember Tony Blair? Yeah, I got mm-hmm. a coalition of the willing son. Uh, his wife came out. Is that out what he calls said, sex night at his house? <laughs> coalition of the said, willing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his wife came out and said that we should no longer be using mom and dad. We should just be calling them parents. Hey, parent, can I, parental unit, can I go out? Which what? one are you addressing? What? Like, so, I guess, Aaron, we can... We can no longer call Rory a cat. Does she have to be our pet? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. First of all, first of all, you fucking cisgendered white male shit lords. The fact that you think she's your pet implies ownership. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind the fact that we give her a place to live and feed her. How dare you? How dare you think you own another living thing? How dare you think that you could dictate what people call their loved ones? Like I, I know that this goes outside of America. I, I, this problem her, does her point was gay outside. parents, but I'm like, what's wrong with mom and mom and dad and dad? Like, what's yeah. what's still wrong right. with what you got to like Modern Family show? I watch. She calls both those guys her dad. What's wrong how, with that? How about this? How about this? Oh, you have two dads? One's dad, one's pa, or pops. Well, I don't, I don't, one's, but one's, not mother, one's mother, one's mom, one's father, one's dad. What, it don't, what, it, these things work themselves out. Why are politicians even, did any, if they want to tell us what they do in their same-sex relationship, that's fine. Don't tell us how to fucking do in our lives. And this... This kind of shit, this censorship of the books and trying to dictate uh, how we address one another, it makes me think directly back to, uh, well, conservatives when when I was in McCarthyism. Uh, was, no, not McCarthyism, but you know, uh, well, shit, who was it? Putting labels on offensive albums and uh, the BMRC. Uh, yeah, um, 
Parents Music Resource Center. That was Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've become satire. We've become our satire. We, it's, everything is flipped. Uh, uh, shit, what was the other example? The PMRC in this day and age would be nothing oh. but a bunch of fucking Democrats. Oh, that was what it was. It was all about, it was two live crew and the piss Christ. <laughs> that would be a great live album, uh, great album name, wouldn't it? <laughs> or band name. But basically, conservatives speaking out against art in general and dictating what is and isn't art and what people should be exposed to. It, it's the same. I mean, I know that they're not dictating the same ideals on the other side, but their language and tactics are identical. Yeah, At the end of the day, they're still trying to tell me what the fuck to do. That's what I've been saying, man. What the fuck? It's, that's how come. And these people th think of themselves as progressive on the left. They're yeah. not progressive. They're regressive. Call them what they are. It's just like the pro life people are pro life. They're pro birth. Call them what they are. If they want to, if it, here's what you do. In, instead of us in the middle who are just trying to be logical and rational about things, just taking our fucking lumps constantly and going, oh, well, I guess it's part of being in the middle. You just got to take it. Fuck that. You want to label people? You want to dictate what, how we're supposed to refer to people? Fine. We're going to start calling you what you are. An you, asshole? You, you're not pro-life. Pro You've proven it time and time again. You're pro-birth. And you're not progressive. You're regressive. You want to take us back to where no one can use any fucking words that aren't government approved. That's, I'm sorry, who does that sound like? Hmm. Do I even need to say it? I mean, it, it, fascism isn't limited to a right or left ideology that brings it around. Yeah. Fascism is fascism. Right. I mean, we've seen different examples of it in the recent past in this world. But if you look at... Um, there's cultural, there's cu religious fascism. Right. I was just going to say that in China... They went cult the cultural route and started determining, you know, who's allowed to make art, who's al who's uh, allowed to speak certain views, and who isn't. And and China's like your dad, man. <laughs> hey, when we want your opinion, we'll give it to you. All I know right, is but that they, if but I, they went the as far as how they roll. Yeah. If I was parent, if I was a parent of a kid who was. Uh, old enough to understand the context of, and I lived in Virginia where, where Huck Finn and, and To Kill a Mockingbird is, has now been banned. And we're well, not banned, removed from the school because this is the thing. They're, they're trying to slip it, you know, you know, split hairs and go, we didn't ban the book. You can still go buy the book. You just, we're not going to have it in, in any school library in this county. And it's like, okay, well, these are American classics. Stop telling classics. me what I can and can't read. Yeah, these are American classics. These are books that are on pretty much every school's reading list for how long. And even if you, even if, even if you want to teach it and use it as a, a cautionary tale of what you know, life used to be like in America, there's value in teaching it that way. 
You don't. I can't imagine a teacher getting up there going, "Oh yeah, see this character, Nigger Jim. That's exactly how we should refer to black people." Right. Yeah. That's not happening. That's that's not realistic. You know, the, I don't think that our our schooling system in general does a very good job about preparing kids for the real real world, but it does so even less now than it did in my day. I mean, I at least had. I don't know. Do they, do they still do home ec classes? Or uh, I mean, I learned how to prepare basic meals and, and wash dishes properly at school, as well as I did some wood shop and shit. That and but the probably the the best pre- uh, preparedness for the real world was in the literature that I was offered. The reading of well, Catcher in the Rye was certainly one of them. And one that really stuck with me, and I, you know, there's uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was the uh, the Jack London novel about the the wolf? Oh, uh, uh, Call the, the Wild. Call the Wild. Um, I'm trying to think of what some others were, or even stuff outside the the curriculum. When I the the best response that I ever got in school, I remember, was in the the book report that I did for A Clockwork Orange, which was a book that I was absolutely mad about. Read several times in high school, and you know, I I just feel like if my son read that book and did a book report on it he'd be punished in some way or I'd have to go in and we'd have to have a, a conference. We'd have Your to son did a about. report on pornography. Your son right. is, 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 he read a book that, and, and wrote a report and we're worried that he's going to start exhibiting antisocial behaviors and right. we need to make sure that he's in counseling and if you, we need to talk to him about this. Right. If you're not familiar with sorry, the, with I shouldn't the, have bought him the giant porcelain penis. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with the material in the book, let's just say that Kubrick's movie is rather tame in comparison. It, there's some pretty raw and nasty shit going on in there. But I think I, it's because I did a, a good job of presenting what was important about the violence that was presented and that it wasn't just violence for violence's sake, like a slasher f- uh, uh, flick would be, you know, there was, there was some meaning behind it in the literature, but yeah, the, I guess the point I was making though, is that the books that I read in high school were what prepared me for what the world, the real world was like out there in ways that science class and history class and Spanish and art classes and anything else that I took was, while all necessary, never really could. Uh, Well, you know, maybe the Spanish, you know, don't close the book on that one yet. You never know. No, you're missing my point. No, 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 I'm going to stop you there because you're completely missing the point on that one. I'm not saying that those classes were worthless. Those are all necessary and good things to learn. But as far as as, uh, the types of things that you'll have to come to terms with as an adult, 
what real life is really like, the, the type of hardship that you're likely to face, it was all right there in the literature. Becoming they, of age type of things. They could, yeah, they could paint whatever rosy picture of their future that they wanted, but the authors weren't going to let you down. They have no reason to lie to you. Here's the world as it is. People die. People have to do fucked up things to survive. People are hateful and horrible to one another, but we also learn how to overcome all of those things. As, even the most horrible things we, can, we have the power to overcome as human beings. And it's not... Taking away those... And I, I listed you know just a handful of books... Taking away even one or two of those out of a out of curriculum leaves a bigger hole than people can imagine. At least from my experience. Well, it's having gone to school up here in Michigan and having also gone to school quite a bit in Florida. One of the things that that that, I, that I've realized is, or I realized then was, <clears throat> what you're taught. And as far as, you know, in English and the spin that's put on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, certain books up here, like, okay, like Johnny got his gun. You know, right. Uh, okay. Very anti anti war novel about World War One. Um, they made a film. They used the footage for Metallica's one video for mm -hmm. people that don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that wasn't in my curriculum, but it, from what I understand, is just kind of a more extreme version of what All Quiet on the Western Front was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, that was some core school, man. <laughs> that was, you know, that was a book that we were given. You know, because at one point in English, we were given a list, and it was okay, pick books that you know. X amount of books and do reports on. And that was one of the books that was on the list. Whereas when I went to Florida, it wasn't there. It was red badge of courage. Yeah. It was, it was more, you know, and I mean, they're both books about the horrors of war. It's just, yeah, but red badge of courage is a little more like Clint Eastwood style. Exactly. Like, uh, That's where you, you, you say you saw what, where I was going with that. And right. It's like, this, Here's, is, this is fucked up shit, but we're men, and we just plow through it, you know? And, and we, we, don't, we don't stop to think about the fucked up things that are going on around us. And I think back to, like, okay, you know, 13, 12, 13, 14-year-old me, and I was able to see the difference in that. And one of the reasons I was able to see the difference in the type of education and, and the type of, of syllabus that I was given was because... I had been exposed to these ideas and I had read these novels and was able to compare and contrast because of that. Cause I was taught how to question and think for myself instead of just binge and purge, read the book, barf it out on a test and forget it. Right. And that's one of the things that would terrify me as a parent of kids Aaron, your kid's age these days yeah. is what, what the fuck? What are we teaching kids? I mean, the, the, the school as a manufacturing plant to make 
quiet and content worker bees. That you know, that's always been there, no, in any culture to to an extent. Well, but even more so is, are they even being taught to, to think for themselves? No, no we're to teaching question them. things, or are they just being taught to just shut up and repeat what they're told? It comes across to me that we're teaching them not to think because someone else is going to do it for you. That's what it's coming across. Don't bother to form an opinion. One will be formed for you, and you will be told how to feel. That's what it comes across as to me. But I'm I'm old. I'm old guy now apparently well, like i remember this clearly taking you anymore <laughs> I, I clearly remember taking classes and having teachers that i would talk to between classes after classes whatever and they were the fact that i was so excited like psycho like it was psychology sociology english class whatever whatever class it was that i would talk to them about stuff outside of the prescribed time that you know we were given they were excited that I was that excited about the subject. And I actually, years later, contacted one of my old teachers, Mr. Young, and asked him and, you know, talked to him. And this was as an adult, two adults to each, to each other. And he goes, Richard, you, the, the students I have these days, I used to bitch about half the class not giving a fuck when you were in school. I can't get any of the class to give a fuck anymore. I can't get I can't engage them if I don't put it on the board and they don't write it down in their notes. Mm-hmm. I can't get them to have an original thought. If I go, okay, now what do you think about this? They'll form no original thought except for what they think they have to regurgitate for the test. And I mean that's you know, it, it, even how is that education? That's not education, that's indoctrination. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the the education system in general that uh, I I think is one of the biggest faults that, that we have in this country in our education system. E- even when I experienced it in real time as a student, I understood that a lot of this is like, why? I mean, I understand that there's knowledge to be gained here, but if you don't engage somebody on that, in ways where they can apply it to the world around them, then, yeah, all you're doing is spitting out facts. So this person was elected this year, and this accord was signed in this year. Who gives a fuck? When is any of this information going to be necessary? You know, I guess I felt like there's... Not that history is unimportant, but... It seemed to me that the while we got both history and social studies, it in my time it was way that there was a bigger portion of it that was history when it should have been the other way around, more so on well, the problem is, studies. They teach history wrong, and boy, do me and Rich know someone who'd probably disagree with us. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, they teach history wrong. They teach you what? They don't. They teach you the dates and shit. They don't yeah. teach you what. They don't teach you what was in that accord. They don't teach you why that accord was important. Right. They teach you when that accord was signed. Who gives a fuck when it was signed? Yeah. You should teach what it did. Yes. You should teach so the contents it of it. How did it affect yes. the people that had to live? And yeah, no. It... Yeah, why was it important? Not when was it signed? Yeah, but from my own experience, again, like uh, my kids, I'm 
really confident because I've talked to them about the, the type of shit. I've seen their homework. I check it for them on the weekends. And I'm really actually uh, extremely pleased with the, uh, the type of education that they're getting. But my own interests go beyond my own kids as well as it should for anyone. And just because my kids are getting a good education doesn't mean that most kids are in this country. And, you know, I, regardless of what my life looks like in the next, you know, hopefully 40 plus years of it. Robot potty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good to have a good economy going. And even if I'm not working, that there are people who are working and keeping the economy going. It'll be our new robo-economy. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I don't know what my point was there other than, you know, education involves every last one of us, even those of us who don't have kids. You're going to be affected by what whatever we're teaching our kids now. And a lot of it is garbage, and a lot of it is filtered, and a lot of it is is censored. Well, you, you, shit, know, you have to, shit rolls downhill, people. You have to. I mean, to me, one of the first, one of the quotes that I first heard about banning books in schools when I was a kid was from Stephen King, that has always stuck with me, and he said. When they tell you that they're taking this book out of school because they don't want, they, that they don't approve of the content of it, mm-hmm. that's not the book that you should read. That's the book you need to read. So I, right. I at that point, run to your nearest bookstore, run to your nearest library, yeah, buy it, check that. it out, and read it. Yeah, I, I remember that quote. Now that you say it, and that's always stuck with me. And that's one of the things. I mean, but then again, you're talking, you know, me. Uh, one of my brief uh, <laughs> dipping my toe into the <laughs> Christian world, um, I actually, in a Sunday school class, made a case why every Christian should read the Satanic Bible because how can you argue against something you have no idea what it's saying? And you can imagine how welcome that was in that class. So, you know, it's like, I've always had that 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 type of curious mind, and I understand that not not necessarily everybody does to the extent that I do. But to me, it's just human nature. If someone tells you you can't do something, I mean, that first book in the Jewish book of big you know fairy tales, you can have every tree but that one. Okay, well, I didn't want it till you told me I couldn't have it. That's human yeah. nature. That's basically a parable about if you try to tell someone they can't do something, that's what they're going to obsess about doing right. until they finally do it. Yeah, which is actually goes back to something that we were talking about earlier in the show and these protests against companies like Target and Kellogg. It, I never shop at Target. I swear to God I want to go shop at Target just to piss off the people who are like, Right, exactly. You have trannies using the bathroom. Well, good. Maybe I'll get laid. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, if it's post-op, it's game on. I'll be like Quagmire. Whoa, tranny. Wait a minute. Post-op or pre-op? Pre-op. Whoa, tranny. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're running <laughs> to the end of our time that we have. We do have actually a hard out for tonight. You I, I wanted something to, right before I brought up the books. What did you bring up? Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you if you wanted to get to that before we wrap it up for tonight. I had mentioned the smoking ban. Yeah, okay. Which, so I don't, Chris, did you read any stories about this? I mean, I can't imagine this is like a getting buried under all the outrage over Trump. Uh, I can't imagine most people even paid attention to this. I but, just heard it, it was public housing. Yes, because it is federally subsidized then they want a complete they they feel like they have the right to uh make a complete ban mm-hmm. on smoking in in public housing uh i mean apparently out here it's game on for that anything out here there's a few properties i've looked at that have said that they are non-smoking because they're they were in complexes because you share the- a wall with somebody oh. else and these are pri- these are privately owned I was like, I thought you were looking to buy. Like, what the fuck is that shit? No, this is this was in a condo complex I had looked in. The place I made the first offer. Yeah, on. and yeah, they they were they were non-smoking buildings. You could not sit in your own place and smoke because you share walls and ventilation systems with somebody else. The thing that the thing well, that struck me most about this ban was not only was it indoors. But it was outdoors within 25 feet of the property line. Right. You can't even go meaning, smoke in the fucking courtyard or some shit. Meaning you can't even go into your own car with the windows rolled up in the parking lot and smoke. Because uh, you're same on deal. the property. Oregon, it's within 10 feet of a door. And in uh, Washington, it's 25 feet. Or it might be reverse. But still, that's how it is out here as well. And, and vaping included. Vape, water vapor included. I'll say that again. Well, I mean, that basically, I don't want to get off on this, but when when that House resolution passed, that was basically, that's, that signaled the end of, of vaping as some sort of alternative to tobacco, period. They just, because they lumped it in there with it, so that's just a matter before. It's going to move from the East Coast and West Coast into the middle of the country, and then probably in everything else. Vaping is going to be just as bad in the eyes of public as any form of tobacco, so. It says on the uh, New York Times story, uh, let's see, the rule covers cigarettes, cigars, pipes, and hookahs, or water pipes, but not electronic cigarettes. Yet. Yeah, right. we'll just wait. But, yeah, yeah. But, hey, heard on the Adam Carolla show this morning, deadbeat dads are now treated better than smokers are. For some reason, that's where we're at. Well, I mean, I, well that, was, that was his opinion. I mean, it was... I'm not saying that he's wrong, but it was merely... No, I'm... T- I'm I, I I fully agree with it. Quite honestly, it's you. You could even argue this ties in nicely to what we were talking about. Pretty much most of the show is this is more of the crazy PC right. shit coming in to just, especially with the vaping. That's where it's right. like. That's right. what I don't get. If you if you have a character who in a movie who is uh, a deadbeat dad, then you can. Make him redeemable, right? You can make him into a lovable loser. 
You can, uh, but if, but if your character smokes, he's the bad guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the evil guy. That is that is one of the easiest and most uh, lazy tropes to to yeah. Without without before you even the character opens his mouth, if he's lighting a cigarette, he's either an antihero, a bad guy, or some form of badass. So yeah, it used to be the cat in the lap that they would stroke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, you know. exactly. And before that, twirling the mustache. You know, I used to get really upset about the whole smoking thing, and basically. You just have to me in my mind. You have to pick your battles, and this is a this is a battle that's been lost. Um, it's more telling us what to do, though. I, I understand, but this isn't one that people that smoking smoking. And this is going to come off real fucked up, but bear with me. Smoking has been characterized and painted as such a horrible thing. It's just like having one or two drinks and getting behind the wheel of a car. Because about five years ago, I started noticing, at least here in Michigan, that they they really they dropped the whole drunk driving thing because they've gotten that across to you. If you if you drive drunk, you're going to go to jail and your life's going to be ruined for X amount of years and it's going to cost you X amount of thousands of dollars. Then they started pushing this buzzed driving is drunk driving. And it was kind of it was kind of muddying the language of the law. Right. Because what does that even mean, anyways? Like, so if I have half a beer, I no, feel I feel the effects of the alcohol. Right? I, it could say, "Hey, I'm getting a little buzz off of this." So you know what's coming next within the next? I get, let's say Ingesting ten years. Alcohol. Yes, within the next ten years, if you blow anything more than you just rinsed your mouth out with scope and got by, and got behind the wheel of the car to go off to work in the morning. So if you blow more than a point zero one, you are going to be charged with some form of maybe not drunk driving, but impaired driving. They're they're going to, they're going to change the or language. There'll be, they'll be just some sort of language for an offense that means you add alcohol in your system. Period. Exactly, because that's what we're going. And the consequences going, will be severe. We're going towards zero tolerance, and. We were already there with smoking, and it's going to be very interesting to see how how this goes, especially with medical marijuana basically being given the thumbs up on a on state to state basis more and more. But I mean, it's just it's losing battles. You got to pick and choose your, your battles. You can't fight. Everybody who's yeah. who's trying to take away your personal rights on every front because you will spread your army so thin and everything will be turned into these little niche issues that next thing you know, when something big happens, you can't get everybody together to get to 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 oppose it because you got the anti you know the pro vapors over here and the pro smokers over here and the, I've had one beer why do I need to lose my license for five years and pay thirty thousand dollars in driver responsibility fees and insurance over here and etc cetera, etc cetera. but I mean we all know what it is it's the nanny state it's you can't it's the fun police we've called them what they are the police 
Whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's what we are heading for. Right. And the, and what's funny is both the extreme left and the extreme right don't realize they're both co-pilots on that bus together. For the extreme right, it is the sin factor. You are doing something we don't like, and we consider a sin, so there has to be consequences for it. And since we're not, we're not confident enough in, in the afterlife consequences of your actions, we have to punish you while you're here, and then you have eternal damnation to look forward to afterwards. And for the extreme left, it's the I don't like it, and I'm going to work backward, backwards from I don't like you doing this to find a reason why you can't do this. Essentially, I'm going to find you guilty from the get-go and then work backwards to find a crime that you are guilty of. And the root of both of those lines of thinking is, hey, I just think you're a horrible person. The root of both lines yeah. of those things is fascism. Yeah. You're, Once yeah, again, one's from, the, one's from the religion, one's cultural. And it, I, there's really, there's just, these issues, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, if you live in public housing, here's the deal. Here's the one thing I, I will say. How the fuck are they going to enforce this in public housing? I've had people I've known lived in public housing. I've, I've couch surfed when I was homeless and at friends' places who have lived in public housing. Easily 80% of the rules that are required you follow to live there are ignored. Right. You get, does your window open? Do you got an empty paper towel tube and some bounty? Smoke whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like okay, there's no drugs allowed in anywhere on public housing That's property. Right. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. Do, do, do you even want to take a guess how many people smoked weed, let alone did other things? I mean, come on now. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, is it enforceable? Yes, it is. It's enforceable if you have an asshole neighbor. And considering I, 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 I have an asshole neighbor, I now have to mind my P's and Q's about certain things. But if I didn't, it'd be a fucking free-for-all in here. And I've lived in apartment buildings where the neighbors, just like me, believed in, as long as you're not fucking with me, do what you want. Right. Well, part of this ruling was that this doesn't actually involve the police. Right. The, the police are not expected to go around seeing who's smoking inside the projects. This is left entirely up to the housing authority. And yeah, again, how so? How do you police that if you don't have a police force? Like, well, do you guys remember when the smoking ban went into effect here in 2010? Yeah, Were you guys still playing in yeah. bars? Were you still doing the band thing at that time? Yeah, yeah, I was. Okay, I don't know how it was because you guys were are, at least now more more on the east side, but here on the west side, Detroit Vice used to come into bars on the west side, and they would do smoking sweeps to see if anybody was smoking. That was, what, that was what they said they were doing. But what they were really doing was walking around to anyone who they thought looked maybe a little too young or maybe had a record or maybe had some paper on them because they had a warrant, and they were going, let me see your ID. 
And that's and that's and they yeah. would do it under the guise of we're doing smoking sweeps. This is Detroit Vice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were out tax collecting under yeah under the guise of uh, public safety. and basically and basically doing warrant sweeps in bars on Fridays and Saturday nights because they wouldn't show up at a. I played plenty of Wednesday night shows for fifteen people and the people and you know ten of them worked there. They didn't show up on those nights, oh. but they damn sure showed up at the Bullfrog when the fucking place was packed to capacity, and would stop a show. And start basically pointing people out, quote unquote, randomly, and saying, "Let me see your ID." And you're in a bar, so you can't say, "I don't have any ID," because at that point, the bar is in trouble. It's a perfect way to catch people, mm-hmm. and that's that's what they that's what they turned it into. Same shit with cannabis. You know, so this is this is for whatever reason. In whatever social contract that that we have allowed to be forced upon us here in America, we have decided that this is this type of behavior is okay. That we that we are willing to put up with it. Yeah, here here's the truth: if the government wants to control you in a certain way, they will and can find what you love and find a way to turn it against you. And they have this capability to do it with a number of things. So don't just say, well, I don't smoke cannabis, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't do this or that, I don't drive drunk, I don't uh, partake in any of these horrible sins. Well, someday, when they actually want to uh, you know, put their knee in your back, they'll find a way. And because you've happen. already given them a way to do this with so many other uh, groups in this country. Well, my father used to say all the time that all these people who are just jumping up and down and, and, and stomping their feet and lighting a, a torch for, you know, smoking bands and stuff. He goes, I hope you enjoy it because if you drink alcohol, if you enjoy fatty foods, if you enjoy fast food, you guys are next on the list. And they've actually enacted in certain parts of the country soda tax. Mm-hmm. Where it's, they tax it as if it's alcohol and tobacco. Basically, a sin tax attached to it. People are okay, though. A lot of people are okay with the government controlling behavior because they're seeing it from their perspective is a disgusting or unhealthy behavior. But the core principle there is you're letting the government dictate behavior of the people. Right? That should be your major takeaway from what's happening here. Not that they're doing it to somebody else. Once you give the government power to enact against some minority that's not you or you have no association with, they can take that power and do whatever the fuck they want with it. And who knows where they're going to focus it next. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Case in point, uh, uh, oh shit, brain fart. We were just talking about it a couple shows ago. Yeah, and I just had a brain fart. It's it's. Well, it's we're getting it's to. Okay. Uh, we got to wrap the this end one here, up, yeah. but maybe uh, we can save that one for later. Yeah, that's no problem. If your I fart ever remember. comes back, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Farts don't do that, do they? Don't you, I don't know. Don't you let go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What if uh, it's just, free what range. if it's just the same fart that keeps coming back again and again <laughs> that you never get rid of? I saw I saw someone post some saw someone post something online that said uh 
farts are like love. If you have to force it, it's probably shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a great note to go out on. So. I guess from there we'll thank everybody who's listened, who's downloaded, hey, who has followed us. Yes, thank the people, but but real quick, thank uh, you too, because I don't know, we can't ever stop doing this podcast because you're the last two same people that I can talk to. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not all that sane. <laughs> but yes, thank the people. Thank thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. And follow us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the social. That's the social media platform that matters, at least with podcasts. Uh, but the, if you like it, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, guys. All right, later, guys. Peace. enjoy this show and want more people to know about it head on over to itunes leave a comment and rate it five stars make sure you like and share us on facebook and don't forget to follow us on twitter just search for christopher media thank you in advance for supporting christopher media by clicking on the paypal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support christophermedia.net most importantly we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you christopher media could not exist without your support thank you for visiting christophermedia.net and thank you for listening listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net